Hey everybody, T with Jesus back with another podcast. And I have been missing you all. I have been missing our time together. Um, it is currently September the second, two thousand and twenty. <sighs> 2020 has been such a very, very interesting year for us all. If it has not been a journey, it's been something, okay? It's not necessarily the wilderness, but it is not necessarily the Garden of Gethsemane either. So it's definitely been a journey with ups and downs, not just with the country itself, but just personally with the quarantine, it really makes you to stop and think about your life, your relationships, your faith Um, with this whole new thing, this new season with Lucifer. It even that even makes you question but that's not why we're here today we're here today to study psalm um five um because i really want to get back into studying with you all again and i want to do a reading plan with you all and um the first scripture um, actually, it is going to be all Psalms. We're going to be praying through Psalms. Okay. So the first Psalm is Psalm five. I don't believe that I have read it or studied it yet. Um, but we'll be studying it together for the first time. So, which is a good thing. Cause you get my fresh, <laughs> you get my first response my first impression of it um even if i did read it and i forgot about it it's still a fresh response because it's not on the top of my head right now um psalm 5 is 12 verses um so it's not super long compared to other other um scriptures or other psalms um See my nose knows that Psalm 119 is the longest psalm in the Bible. <laughs> and it is uh, how many verses is it? It's a lot. It's a lot. When I say a lot, I mean over a hundred. <laughs> a lot, like pests. It is 176, which is a lot. It was super a lot. So, we're not doing that right now. We're not doing that today. We're just doing Psalm 5, which is, is 12 verses. Um, I encourage you to grab your Bible, grab a pen, a pad to um, write down all your thoughts and stuff. Um, I have my journaling Bible. I have my illustrating Bible out right now. I have the illustrating Bible, which is the book of Psalms and Proverbs from Dayspring. It, so they have the Illustrating Bible, which is the whole Bible, and the Christian Standard Bible, which I have in the Hunter 
forest green and then after that they came out with individual books of the bible which was psalms and proverbs and also the book of luke which i do have i currently have both of those so right now that's what i'm working through they also have the um, illustrating bible in the niv version i cur- i personally have the christian standard bible because um i have grown to appreciate that version because it it helps me to understand the bible just a little bit more without taking away a lot of the original um meaning of the scripture there are some controversies about the version but there's always controversies about every version so um right now i'm reading out of the niv version and i will be color coding with you all today because i'm not going to tell you to do something that i'm not going to do okay that's mean that's rude and that's mean Okay, so we're going to get out our colors and stuff. So we're going to get out our purple, our green, um, our yellow, our blue, and an orange. This is orange. I think this is, is orange that I'm going to get today. Um, is that it today? So I use the, I use the annotating style from... The um, <laughs> what do I use the annotating style for? From coffee and Bible time, uh, which is really helpful because when I see in my Bible, I know that certain colors represent other things. So I know that purple means God. I know that blue means promises. I know that yellow means prayer. I know that green always means action. Um, I know that orange means this is something. It's not super important, but it's something to remember or take note of. Um, which I use a lot of purple. I use a lot of purple and orange. So I see a lot of God. I see a lot of Jesus. I see a lot of people that have characteristics um, of God as well. Um, if you go through the book of Ruth, you will definitely see a lot of um, God in the beginning, especially with um, Naomi's transition. Um, well, sorry, Ruth's transition um, from becoming a wife to a widow to a wife again. You will see a lot of God, not just god himself but people responding to god or having characteristics of god Uh, but we're gonna start reading um before that i want to just pray in real quick father god we thank you for this day we thank you for this moment we ask that you will forgive us of our sins the ones that we know of the ones that we don't know we ask that you will and cleanse our hearts and our spirits we ask that you would put an edge of a hedge and an edge of protection around us keep us and hold us cover us in your blood 
um, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Um, we ask that you would open our minds, open our ears to hear, open our minds to to receive you, open our hearts to feel you, open our ears to hear you, open our hands to hold you. Um, we ask that you would meet us where we are, that you would speak to us only in the way that you know how, the way that we need you the most. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Um, so I'm going to read through the whole ver- the whole scripture, and then we're going to go back, and we're going to go through verse by verse. So, Psalm 5, for the director of music, for her pipes, a Psalm of David. So David wrote this scripture. Um, okay, let's get to reading. Um, listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God. For to you I pray in the morning. Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning I lay my request before you and wait expect- expectantly. For you are not a God who pleads with wickedness. With you, evil people are not welcome. The arrogant cannot stand. In your presence, you hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies. The bloodthirsty and deceitful, you, Lord, detest. But I, by your great love, can come into your house. In reverence, I bow down to your holy temple. Lead me, Lord. And your righteousness, but because of my enemies, make your way straight before me. Not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is is filled with malice. Sorry, I had to turn the page. Their throats is an open grave. With their tongues, they tell lies. Declare them guilty, O God. Let their intrigue, let their intriguers be their downfall. Banish them for their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever, let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them. Say that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Surely, Lord, bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as a shield. Oh my gosh, I love it. This this psalm reminds me... It reminds me of childhood so much because my mother used to force us to read Psalm 119. Sorry, not 119. Psalm 91, which is a psalm of protection. Um, We had to read it before we went to school. Did you read it? Yes. No, you did it. Read it again. It was it was a every more every morning day 
thing, but I promise you, no harm ever came to us. No harm ever came to us. Now, once we got older, we stopped reading as much, and I saw the harm. So I know that that psalm, it carries so much weight, and it does. It truly shows protection, you know, even though I may be, I might have been in some situations i was never harmed no blood no illness nothing of the sort i'm here as a testament to the word the word is real the word is true i promise you that you keep reading this over and over embedding it into your your spirit into your soul into your environment it will take place it will happen not because you are mentally putting it out there and you're expecting this to happen because you keep telling yourself this no because it's real and because there's a god that is real and that wants to protect you and want to hold you close and doesn't want any harm to come to you god loves us so much and because we love him and he loves us he is willing to protect us from all hurt harm and danger he doesn't say that you will not be put in situations that will not test you that will not make you upset or not make you angry he is not saying that you will have enemies you will have bad days. There is trouble in the earth. There, every single day comes with its own troubles. It does. But he is saying that he will protect you from those things. He will protect you. And even if you have to go through it, you are never alone. He is there with you. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm going to get off my soapbox. We're going to go through these scriptures. Um, so I'm actually doing the reading plan from the little Bible plan, um, which is... Blah, 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 blah. Okay, sorry. Okay, so I'm doing it from the little Bible plan. You can go on to Google and type in little Bible plan and it should come up for the month of july even though we are in september i think you can read the word you know whenever you feel like it (laughs) so this is not necessarily my homework for school but it's my homework because i need to get back into studying the word more so this psalm is a psalm to have a to to have a closer relationship with Jesus. Um, and so we're going to do a prayer um, at the end. Okay. So this is not staged. This is not pre-recorded. This is not um, written down. This is just from my heart. Okay. This is a real person. This is a real human. This is a real girl Sorry, sorry. A real young adult, a real young lady just going through life, you know, just trying to figure out the best way I know how and struggling 
the worst way I know how. <laughs> Not yet trying to find my way back to the, uh, to Christ. Um, okay, so let's go into verse one. Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. So we already see that this is a prayer. So we see that this is a prayer. We see David talking to the Lord. Um, Sorry. Had to find my yellow. Got to find my yellow. Got to find my yellow. Got to find my yellow. Yes, the family yellow. Okay, so this is a prayer. This is a prayer. It says, Lord, it says, listen, Lord. It said, listen to my words. So we already see that that David is praying. He's speaking to the Lord. Hey, hey. He's like, hey, listen. Listen. I'm trying to talk to you here. Consider. Consider, like, think, think, you know, think about what I'm saying here, okay? Think about what I'm saying here. So, listen, Lord. So, if you're color coding with me, you would underline or box in that whole verse. It, well, the first part of the verse, which is listen to my words, Lord. You would underline it or box it in with yellow and purple. You can. Double unlock, double, double underline with those two colors, or you can box it in and then shade it in with the other color, or however you want to do it. Hear my cry, my king and my God. So what I am doing is I'm underlying where God is mentioned, and then the rest I'm doing in yellow. Because this is like a whole, this is a prayer. This is a whole prayer. And this is why this is mentioned for us to pray. Um, okay. Hear my cry. So we see that David is desperate right now. Desperate in what way? I don't necessarily know the context of the scripture right now um so i can't answer that question for you um but <laughs> but you see his desperation he's like listen to me Hear my cry, hear my words. I'm praying to you. You you are my king and my God. You mean so much to me. And I'm just I just want to plead before you. He's crying out. Okay, in verse three, in the morning, Lord, hear my voice. In early in the morning, he's crying out, Lord, hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. He's not just crying out for help. He's putting his requests, the things that he needs, the things that he wants, his um, 
his heart's desires at God's feet. He's laying them all down. Not during the day, not at night, not after everything has conspired, but before this day has started, before anything happens. This is what my heart, this is what's in my heart, Lord. This is what I'm desiring. This is what I need help with. I'm putting it at your feet. And I'm expecting, I'm going to wait expectantly, I'm going to wait expectantly that you are going to do something. That you're going to do something great. That you're going to move. That you're going to change me. That you're going to touch my heart. That you're going to send somebody my way to help me. I'm expecting something. Expecting something great. Something bigger than me. Something um, larger than what I can see. I'm expecting you are not supposed to be just, you know, uh, Lord, you know, I need help. You know, if you could, you know, help me out with a job or a new car, you know, thanks, bud. And then leave. And it's like, you know, I don't I don't know if he's going to do it. You know, I prayed about it, you know. Hopefully, you know, he give me a new car. You know, hopefully he give me a new job. Hopefully... You know, he sent me somebody else because this ain't working. No, David is saying, I'm going to get up early in the morning. Get before the Lord's throne of grace. First thing in the morning, lay it down. And I'm going to expect, I'm not just going to lay it there and just be like, oh, well, you know, it happens, it happens. Nothing just happens by coincidence. Nothing. He prayed and he pushed and he prayed and he fought and he cried out before the Lord and he expected something. You don't go to somebody expecting nothing. You don't go to your father asking, hey, dad, I'm having some problems. Can you help me? You go to him expecting your father, who has your best intentions at heart, who loves you dearly, who knows you, all of you, your heart, your mind, your soul. He knows you. You would go to him expecting, oh, my dad, my dad is going to take care of it. He's going to fix it. My dad is going to handle it. You go to him expecting, my father, my father is going to take care of me, okay? You know, I'm like, oh, you know, I was with my dad. You know, hopefully he comes through. You know, I don't know. He might do something else. I don't know. No. Because you are his child, because we are God's children, and he has showed us so many times before that he's not going to fail us. We have to go with him expecting that he's going to do the same thing that he did before. Maybe not in the same way, but he will deliver us. He will take care of us. But first thing, we have to come before him. We have to lay it all down at his feet. We have to 
put it at his face. We have to make our request known. We have to cry out before the Lord. We have to set aside time for the Lord to tell him, hey, God, I know I know stuff has been going on. I know it's been some time. But Lord, this is what's happening. This, this, that, and the third is happening. And you know what? I can't handle it. I can't deal with it. I don't know what to do. I need you to show me what to do. Tell me. Speak to me. Send me a guide. Or just remove something. (laughs) Take something away. Add something. I need you to do what you know how to do best. But you have to go to him. You have to go to him first. You You have to open yourself up. To the Lord. You have to let him in. As hard as you may want to. Because. Life is hard. People are even more difficult. And. Um. With that, it's hard to trust people. But, you know, God has never failed me yet. And he may not come whenever I expect him to come. I'm like, Lord, you said this a couple of years ago. I'm getting old here. I'm not getting old. I'm getting older. And I'm getting a little impatient. When is this going to happen? Because it should have happened a year, a couple years ago. Like, even though he may not come exactly at the deadline, he may come a little bit afterwards. But it always, it always works out perfectly. I promise you. I mean, okay, back in the school days, the old days, um, I got accidentally, well, I didn't accidentally, I got caught up in a fight. And it would have been nice if the Lord was like, hey, don't go over there. Don't follow. Mind your business. But I didn't get that. I didn't get that. It wasn't until afterwards and someone had recorded and saw that I did not, I was not, I didn't start this. I didn't initiate anything. This was never my intentions. They saw, okay, she's not, I mean, I was involved, but I didn't start this. This wasn't. An intent thing. So, God gave me a lesser sentence. Well, not sentence. I didn't go to jail. I, I I got in school suspension. But it was better. It was better than getting a regular suspension. And, you know, that would win on my record. And 
They would have been like, oh, it snapped this delinquents in our school. God saw... God saw my heart and he knew that his child was in need. And yes, he may not have came at the exact moment. But he knew that I was going to need a way out. And he provided it. May not have liked the way out. But he provided it. So yeah. I mean, I did have to, I had to suffer the consequences of my own actions, but the Lord was right there with me every step of the way. Um, God, God is always there. It may not come in the form that we want it to come in, but he definitely still comes. I asked the Lord, hey, Lord, I got to pay for school, out of pocket, I need help, I don't know where I'm going to get this money from, I don't know who's going to pay this tuition, because I don't have it, I don't have it with my paycheck, no, it just, no, he's like, I got you. Now I'm working more than I've ever worked before. I mean, yes, I'm sacrificing sleep. (laughs) I'm sacrificing sleep and food to go to work to make money. But I am getting money to provide. (laughs) God is giving me the opportunity to provide. God is get providing me the opportunity to get the money that I need for school. Plus some. Now it's up to me to use the resources that he's given me to um to to diligently make his name great. So, um, yeah. So, with that being said, we're going to continue on. For you are not a God who is pleased with the wickedness. With you, evil people are not welcome. He's reminding God, hey, hey. You don't like wickedness. You don't like evil. Do remember that. For you are God. (laughs) Who is. Who is not. You are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. And then it goes into. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all wrongdoing. And then. Six. You destroy those who tell lies. The bloodthirsty and deceitful. You, Lord, you detest. He's saying all that to say, to go into seven. But I, by your love, can come in your house in reverence. I bow down toward 
your holy temple. Even though God hates, he hates sin. He cannot stand it. He can't look upon it. What? No. Even when Jesus died, he had to turn his back. He was like, I'm sorry, son, but I can't look at you. Because God cannot look upon sin because he's a holy God. And even though he cannot stand unrighteousness, wickedness, um, evil, arrogantness, lies, deceit, murder, even though he cannot stand any of those things, but by his love, by his love, and by his grace, and his mercy, and the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross of Calvary, and by the power of the Holy Spirit that raised him up on the third day, we are able to still go into the temple of God, go into his house, go into his church, go before his presence, and bow down at his feet. Out of respect, out of respect and say, Lord, I am wrong. Forgive me for you are the great I am for you are the redeemer. You are the salvation. You are my salvation and my light. You are my savior, my way in and my way out. We are able to come before him humbly, humbly as we know how. And it may be hard for some people, sometimes it's easier than others. But we are able to go in his house, his home, his resting place, his dwelling. And give him reverence. And to bow down. Not because we are some pitiful thing. Because he is so great and so mighty. And he has done so much for me. I don't know about you, but the Lord has done so much. Too much for me not to bow down and give him praise. Things that he has done, no one... No man, no woman could ever do for me. And I know that my family loves me. My mother loves me. She loves me dearly. They love me dearly. But there are some things that Jesus has done they would never do. Or they could never do. Because God, because Jesus knew how to stay in the gap. For me. Because I'm not my family. I am my own person. I have my own heart. I have my own mind. And so this. The scripture is really. Really trying to tell us. That we have to. We really need to. Remember. That even though. All of our wrongs that we have done we are still able to come back to him and that we have to go back to him to form and to grow a closer relationship with him. And 
with that, we can um, and with growing a stronger relationship with Christ, it's it helps our case before the Lord. Um, especially when we ask him to protect us because I can protect you, but before I can protect you, I got to know what I'm protecting you from. You can't tell a bodyguard, Hey, I need you to be on the lookout. Look out for who, who is looking for you, who wants you. But you don't know that. But that means you have to tell somebody, hey, I need help. Or, hey, um, you just have to be honest. Completely honest. So, we're going to keep going on. Lead me, Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way shape before me. Hey. Hey, Lord. I know that I'm unrighteous. I know that I'm unclean. I know that I'm dirty. And because of my enemies... I need you. Show me your path. Lead me down your path. Not my path. Lead me down your path. Forget this. I'm changing lines. Like, your path. I need to go down your path. Not my own. Not someone else's, but my own. I need to go down your path. And make it straight before me. There are so many roads that will have so many exits and turns and twists and bumps. But it's saying, Lord, straighten your path before me. Straight and narrow path before me. Make it straight. Make it easy for me to go down. Make it easy for me to know that this is your path that you want me to walk. And you know that it's his path because with his path, you know. With others, you have the question, should I go this way? Should I do that? Should I not? You have to question every time you're ready to make a move. With God, you already know. He tells you. And if he doesn't specifically come out and tell you, you know. The Holy Spirit will prompt you. And with that, we're going to go on. Not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is filled with malice. You cannot trust human beings. 
100%. Because since we are all human, we are all subject to sin and to this life that is not pure. Everybody's heart is filled with different things. This enemy that David is talking about is filled with malice. And you know that because of his actions and because of the words that they speak. And you know that as well. You know the people that you deal with, their heart is like pure. It's not full of joy or love or peace or kindness. But it's full of anger and jealousy and rage and anger and, and lust and other things and pride. Their heart is full with so many other things. You can't trust them because their heart is not pure. You cannot trust their heart. You can't trust their mouth. You can't trust their mouth because of their heart. The Bible says that whatever believes in his heart, so he is. And if you believe something about yourself, you're going to speak that out into the atmosphere. And it also talks about whatever was ever in your heart will flow out. So if there is anger in your heart, if there's malice in your heart, it will eventually come out. If you are angry at somebody, if you are displeased with somebody, it will eventually come out. It will flow out. Think of it like a bucket of water. Think of it as a big vase. And you put some balls in there. And you pour water in there. And as you pour more water into it, the balls, they rise. They don't sink to the bottom, but they rise. You keep filling it up. You keep flowing. You keep pouring. You keep pouring until it gets to the top. And whoosh. Not just the water. Whatever you put in that face is coming out, but also the balls. Whatever you thought you thought you were suppressing, that you thought you were drowning under the water, was really just rising to the top. You think you were just, you know, dealing with it. You think you were just pushing down, you were just suppressing it, but you were really rising it up to the top with it not dealing with it, with not talking about it, with not taking it out. Before it got to this boiling point, before it got to this overflowing part, this moment. I won't say too much about that. Because that's a whole nother sermon and that's a whole nother topic that we could stay here forever about. Going on, their throat is an open grave where their tongues they lie where their tongue with their tongues they tell lies interesting to say the least um there I do remember this. I do remember this because I've seen this verse before when it says their throats was an open grave. And I was like, 
what does this mean? What does it mean that they're... Is that just... This, what does it say? It means that... All that they speak or all that is coming out of them is death, is negativity. It's things that are lies, things that bring death. True life grows things, but lies, it kills things. It brings things to death. It brings the truth to death. It causes it to die and to be in a grave. So that's what that means. That their open their throat is an open grave. An open grave for the truth to die in it. Um Um And then it goes on to then ten declare them guilty, O God. Let their intriguers be their downfall. Banish them for their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. He's talking again. Hey, talking about tell asking God to punish them for their wrong and to deal with his enemies. Because of their sins. And not only that, but we'll we'll get to that in a second. So I'm gonna hold that. Um next verse says, But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them. But those who love your name may rejoice in you. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surrounded them with your favor as a shield. So he's telling that he's asking God to punish and to rebel and to banish all these wicked people and all these unrighteous people and these wicked people to protect them. To protect them um, and to help, to protect them and ask this God to keep all the people who love him and that delight in his word. And, and ask this God to bless the righteous. So you're not righteous because you never do anything wrong. But you are righteous because you because you love God because you try you try that's all he can ever ask is to try and to have a good heart that's all he could ever ask that's all that anybody could ever ask it's for you to try and for you to actually work at getting better. That's all I can ask. That's all that anybody can truly ask of you. 
um, is to do your best. And you can, you'll get better over time. It's not an overnight thing. I promise you that. It took me forever to take this walk seriously or to get this deep into God. I promise you, I was, I knew the Bible because I was taught it, but I didn't live it because I didn't know it. I knew what it said, but I didn't know it because I didn't know it. Because I knew what the Bible said, but I didn't know it for myself. I didn't know it as a book of protection. I didn't know it as a guide for my life. I didn't know it as a book of love letters sent to me from God. I didn't know it as a bunch of emails from God saying, I miss you. I want to, I want you to come back. I didn't know it as anything but just a book that, you know, Christians read. And it sounded nice. It was something easy to remember. Because the majority of my classmates and the majority of my friends, they were Christians. I rarely had anybody that wasn't. Even now. Mostly, I don't have a lot of different religions. See that they believe or they don't. And truly, that's what it truly comes down to. Are you going to believe him or you're not? Are you going to be righteous or ratchet? Are you going to continue your life beforehand or try to change? It may seem like life is good now, but life could be so, so much better with God and I ask you to accept him into your life and into your heart as your Lord and Savior I promise you I thought that life after high school after graduation even right before graduation I thought life is good I'm 18 now I'm doing my thing And then I realized I really wasn't. I realized that this wasn't a good life. This was just a surviving life. Yes, I would do certain things. I would be with certain people. It felt good for the moment, but afterwards... I didn't feel it really good. I didn't feel. I didn't feel like I wanted to be filled. I didn't. I was looking for something that these people, these things, couldn't give me. But it was only through God's love and His redemption and His salvation that I truly found purpose. I truly found. Um, joy and peace. I've never found any other joy than like than preaching. My first time, my real first time, and I stood before people. Um, I had a little sermonette. It 
it meant the world to me. It made it felt so amazing to feel that to feel the Holy Spirit just come over me and speak through me. I mean, I did. I mean, I. I mean, I did suppress the Holy Spirit just a little bit at the end because I didn't want to go over time. But it was amazing, and I would, and I would just, and to this day, I would do anything, just anything, just to get that feeling back again. And I promise you, it comes only, only when I'm doing his work. Only. When I was at a retreat, I was praying, and I could feel it. I could feel him over me wanting to just cry out for people and to just to continue to pray but i knew my i knew that that wasn't the place i could feel him urging me i could feel him pushing me but i just i was scared because i didn't feel like the people were going to accept it some did some didn't but you know it was amazing. It was such an amazing feeling that I that I've ever felt. That was the most amazing feeling, and I want you to feel that as well. I want you to feel the joy and peace that comes from knowing God and knows from knowing Jesus. And it's not about religion. It's not about going to these big fancy mega churches it's about having a relationship about having a conversation with someone who cares and loves you and wants only the best for you who knows you from the inside out knows you before you were even in your mother's womb before you were even thought of being conceived someone who knows your deepest desires knows all of the pleasures of your heart who knows all your fears knows all your joys knows the good and the bad and the indifferent I just hope that you would like would let him into your heart If you're ready to say the prayer of salvation today, I'm willing to pray that prayer with you. I would just ask you to bow your head and repeat these words after me. Father God, come into my heart. Make my path straight. For I have been wicked and I have done wrong. But I want to make it right. I ask that you would forgive me for all the wrongs that I have done. I ask that Jesus would mend my broken heart. For I believe that Jesus is your son and that he died on the cross so that I may live and that I may have an abundant life with you here on earth and after. And I also believe that he rose again 
on the third day with all power in his hand. I believe Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, I ask that you would take control of my life. I ask that you would be my best friend, that you would be everything that I need you to be. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would fill me with joy and love and all the other fruits of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And if you are, if you just said that prayer, I want to welcome you into the family of Christ. Welcome, my brother. Welcome, my sister. I am so excited and elated for you. Because this is the beginning of a long, long and happy and prosperous journey. And I'm not just talking about physically. I'm talking about mentally, emotionally, spiritually. You're going to be one, 1,000. I promise you. It's not going to be overnight. It's going to take a it's going to take some time. Rome wasn't built in a day, and it takes a village to raise a child. But it's definitely worth it. It's definitely worth it. With that being said, almost we're almost out of time. We've been here for 57 minutes. For all those who've stayed and listened to this point, thank you so much for listening, for caring enough to listen to this point. I do urge you to find a church home. If you cannot, at least find a a good preacher to watch on YouTube during this time of COVID and quarantine. My church isn't open yet, so... Definitely, I urge you to find a good preacher on um, YouTube to watch. Um, I'm a good. I'm a. I'm a. I I listen to Stephen Furtick, um, Robert Mardu. Um, I don't have as many female preachers that I listen to, and that's not. That's not to shame any women. It's just a personal thing. Um, Pastor Jenkins from First Baptist of Glen Arden is also good as well. Um, but just look up, you know, uh, Sunday service or whatever, Bible study. And there should be a ton of videos that will come up. Some with actual churches or just some YouTubers who like to do Bible studies as well. So... You're covered. And I'm going to send you my peace and love and blessings to you. And I will talk to you later. Deuces.